0: Someone said to me, "Read everything that you can. You know, get all of the information because it will make you feel better. It will make you feel like you're more
1: prepared for it." Ever felt like you're just winging your way through life, hoping you'll find the answers to life's important issues along the way? Hey, I'm Gabby Mendez, and this is my podcast, Talk Twenties. On this podcast. I'll be chatting to my friends and fellow 20-somethings on different topics that matter to you in your 20s. So if you're ready, let's go. Hello, so today I'm joined by Sophie Hale. Sophie is better known as the Mummy Mindset Coach and through her platform she helps support new mums, establish their new identity and build confidence in being the best version of themselves. Now, if you're listening to this episode, you might be a 20-something who already has children, you might be expecting your first baby, which is really exciting, or you might be like me and definitely want kids in the future, but have absolutely no idea about that world and want to learn more about it. So when the time does come, you'll feel a little bit more prepared. Now to fully get the most out of chatting with Sophie today, I couldn't just write my own questions having not gone through this. So I enlisted the help of my two friends. My first friend that helped me out was Lucy. She has a one-year-old. And also my other friend, another Sophie, who's expecting her first baby around about Christmas time, which is really, really exciting. So I've not just put these questions together myself. I've also enlisted the help and support of my friends. So hopefully, if you are in either of those positions, you'll feel that this podcast uh, answers all of those questions for you. So I want to say a big, big thank you to Sophie and Lucy for helping me out with this. But I think it's so important we cover this topic because so many of us, you know, it might happen later on in our 20s, but so many of us become parents in our 20s Sophie so tell me a little bit about you tell me about your experience and all about your lovely lovely son Jacob
0: yeah so hi so my name's Sophie and I'm a mum so I'm a mum to one-year-old Jacob he turned one in May um, and I'm a mummy mindset coach so a couple of months ago I launched my own business basically what I do is that I help mums feel empowered and feel confident through mindset coaching We work on things that hold them back like their limiting beliefs you know, things that we tell themselves every day. As mums, we doubt ourselves quite a lot, pretty much every single day. And, you know, we're often told by society as well, that we can't do a lot of things that we used to do pre-baby, or mm. we can't be as successful in, in our careers and stuff because we've got a family. And I just don't think it's true. And I think that we really need to change that narrative. And I'm really, really passionate about that. I think that being a mum I always say it's you know being a mum she's super super power it's not your limitation I think that we are so much better equipped now that we're mums you know we've got skills that we didn't used to have before that we can use in our you know careers and in our personal development and things like that I think it's really really important so that's basically what I do is work with mums on a one-to-one basis to just kind of encourage that personal development journey um, and change their mindset to believe that they can truly do anything that they set their mind to because we can
1: absolutely and I think it's so interesting what you're doing because like you say society puts this kind of pressure on you Mm -hmm. and and labels you as you know not being able to do as much because you're a mum you've got to give up this you've got to give up that and I've got to be honest from a really driven individual actually Mm -hmm. having kids does somewhat scare me because I I think oh, I've got to achieve all of this before I have kids because after that I'll just be a mum and I'm like no that's a stupid way of looking at things I can still achieve so much even if I were to, be, you know, to have have a child. So what you're doing, I think, is amazing. And I think, you know, there is so much that you can achieve. And like you say, you're, you're so much more well-equipped for the world when you become a mum because you're just thrown in the deep end. And you have yeah. to, you know, learn so much in such a short period of time. So... Yeah what I I found really interesting when I was chatting to my two friends about it. So my one friend who is expecting wanted to ask a million practical questions. So she was all about wanting to know, you know, uh, what kind of, how many clothes you need to buy for the baby beforehand, what kind of pram you need. And she was really like kind of, invested in the practical side of things and my other friend was really invested in kind of the mindset kind of question so you know once you've achieved all the practical elements and you know all of that how do you kind of grow and develop so we're going to start the podcast off by asking a few of those practical questions so if you are expecting mm-hmm. or you are a mum what kind of things you should know and then we're going to move into the mindset kind of things, which I guess is obviously your speciality Sophie so like yeah. when you first find out that you're expecting and and when you when that baby is here how far ahead should you be thinking did you like just plan day by day and see what happens or were you always kind of thinking a few steps ahead i think
0: when you're pregnant whether you've been trying for a while or it's happened quite quickly or it's been a surprise i think that that excitement of being pregnant just really takes over yeah so i know for me we tried for for about nine months for jacob and you know, it was a real struggle for me mentally to, you know, it's nothing compared to some people nine months. But for me, you know, I really, really desperately wanted to be a mom and it was really, really hard on me. So when I finally found out that I was pregnant, you know, I was just so excited. It just took over. And I think I probably did start preparing for having a baby really early on like as soon as i found out i was pregnant mm. i started um reading everything that i could to get my hands on going to the library every week and just reading a different book and um, speaking to friends and family i mean for the first 12 weeks a lot of people don't tell friends and family to keep it a secret i only told a really really small number of people for that reason to try and obviously be safe and there's a lot of risks and stuff in those 12 weeks To so think it can be quite lonely because you're going through so many changes in that yeah. 12 weeks. And, and you just want to share it with the people you're closest to. You can't do. speak to people about yeah. it who've been through that experience. So I think in that first 12 weeks, you really are on your own. But I think reading about it, listening to podcasts, um, just looking on the internet about you know certain things that you're kind of scared of or you want to know, I think that first 12 weeks is really crucial because you do kind of feel a lot more prepared in that sense um so I would say pretty early on I started preparing but I do think that's just the excitement sort of it as well and mm-hmm. you know you do want to start buying little clothes and I mean we didn't find out what we were having um with Jacob so it was a little bit difficult with clothes and stuff but yeah I just think if you are really that excited about it just start when it feels ready for you start looking now start preparing I mean the advice that I would give that was given to me when I was pregnant and at the time i don't think i appreciated it but now now that i'm on the other side of it i can look back and go yeah you were totally right because someone said to me read everything that you can you know get all of the information because it will make you feel better it will make you feel like you're more prepared for it but as soon as our baby's here you are not going to remember any of that information <laughs> and it's just going to get put to the side and i remember thinking no like i need to prepare i need to know this information this is crucial information but it's so true as soon as the baby is here
1: people talk about baby brain don't they like and it all just disappears and everything you've learned but I think you're right I think it's a reassurance thing like anything that you're nervous about you know if you read about it you kind of feel more reassured don't you and then you feel like more informed even if it's not if it's gone in one ear and out the other (laughs)
0: definitely and like I said it's just that excitement so I think definitely do it for that reason you know to get excited and and um, for reassurance yeah like you said before, I think just being open to the idea of as soon as baby is here it is on a day-to-day basis it is literally like picking things up every single day I mean to be honest I just feel so grateful that we've got the internet now when it comes to parenting because I you know I'm one of seven my mom and has got seven wow. kids and I always say to me mom how did you manage seven pregnancies with not having all of those resources and You know, knowing all of that information was so accessible, and they didn't have any of that, and I don't understand how they did it because I Google everything, I speak to friends on Instagram and things like that, and. I have all this information readily available to us that we didn't used to have. So I think just use that to your advantage as well.
1: You're right. Like, we are, we do have the absolute luxury of having the internet and having all these questions at our fingertips that can be answered kind of straight away. So, when you had Jacob, like, how far ahead are you always thinking for him? Are you kind of thinking he's growing into this kind of stage, or
0: do you just go with the flow sort of thing? I think that you have to take it day by day because so much changes in the course of the day in terms of their development that that first year i mean they go from this tiny little baby that can't do anything to you know by the end of the year they're walking most likely and they go through so many stages and they're just like adults in the sense as well that you know jake has his good days and his bad days some days he's in a really happy mood other days he does not want to know so you have to understand as well that you know there's gonna be those ebbs and flows those ups and downs there's going to be days when you feel like you can do anything and you just feel like Wonder Woman. And you are like, I am smashing this. I am doing an amazing job. <laughs> and then there's days when you're just like, I cannot do this. I don't understand how I'm going to make it through the day. So you have those days. So I think definitely take it day by day. And I think as well, it's really important. I was looking up to our 12 months of maternity. So I had 12 months at home with Jacob. And I think, you know, a part of me was always looking to the next milestone. I was kind of like, okay, he's weaning now and he's eating. And I'm so excited for him to crawl and I'm so excited for him to walk. And I think it's really important to just remind yourself to stay present in those moments because Mm. looking back now, I've got a one-year-old and, you know, those moments were so fleeting and they go so quick and I shouldn't have kind of wanted to go to the next milestone so quickly and, I think you do always look ahead in that sense, but I think it's so important to be present and just enjoy those moments because they really don't last. It does go so quick. People tell you that and you just kind of roll your eyes and you're like, yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. And, um, but you know, yeah, it's true that, that you really do need to be present and just enjoy it, especially if you haven't got much time off from maternity leave as well. Like I said, I had 12 months off, so I was really lucky. Some people only have a couple of months off. So just soak up every single minute with them and just really try and be present.
1: Definitely. And I think, you know, what's also interesting. So my uh, nephew is about to turn one at the end of this month. And I think what's been really lovely about about this crazy coronavirus situation is that actually people who have got young children at the moment, my colleague at work also has um, a one and a half year old, um, they've been able to spend so much more time with them because they've had to, they've all been confined yeah. in their house but like my colleague was saying to see like all of this I would have missed it if he was at nursery and and actually that's been really lovely so you know like you say treasure those moments that you have yeah. together because you know they, they're not going to last forever like definitely yeah, not. 100%. So in terms of, like, the practical side of things, like, how prepared, like, did you... you, Were you buying bottles, like, clothes, prams? Like, how did you go about that side of stuff? And realistically, can you tell us how much it costs for all that stuff? Because it's expensive,
0: right? (laughs) Honestly, no comment. (laughs) Um, It is really expensive. I think, again, the internet is amazing because you can find really good deals online and you can kind of research where the best place is for... The prams, the big stuff like pram, car seat, and um, nursery furniture, things like that, they are going to be your biggest expense. I'd recommend that you have the baby in the room with you for the first six months. I think, at least the first six months. So I would say the the nursery is so exciting and you so you really want to get that done and, and that makes you feel really prepared. In the same sense, you know, don't stress if you if that's not completely done because you probably have got another six months to, to get that done while the baby's in the room. Um, another thing I'd say about practical stuff is that we got so many gifts. It was crazy. Mm. People said to me, don't buy too much clothes because you're going to get them gifted. You're going to get family and friends are just going to, you know, that's what they're going to buy you clothes. And you're going to have all these things. I had a baby shower which I wasn't really that keen to do like a registry for, but everyone was like, you've got to do it because it'll save you money and people want to buy you stuff anyway. So, so you, you might as well get need, stuff yeah. that you need, yeah. So I got like, a, I did a registry um, for Mothercare and people just picked what they wanted, like a range of prices. So that was really good because it saves people um, duplicating gifts as well. And obviously it saves you money um, in terms of buying them yourself in the store. So yeah, I think that I was pretty... I think definitely start with the basics, the things like the baby grows and bottles and dummies and things like that. I think get the basics down because as well, you know, you've got to keep it in the back of your mind that you might go early. So one of my friends just recently had a baby seven weeks early. Wow. And so she was just a bit like, oh, because you do feel like you want to be as prepared as possible when something something like that happens. I mean, I think I had my hospital bag packed like 10 weeks before my due date because the thought of you know, going into labour and not having me stuff that I need really freaked me out. So I am somebody who likes to be really organised. so I just think there's no harm in starting as, as you know, as, as soon as you can. And what I really found useful as well is just kind of making a list. There's lists on Pinterest and things like that of essentials that you need before baby is here. Um, so they were really good because it was kind of like this amount of baby grows this amount of this it kind of gave you numbers of realistically what you need without you going too crazy so I use stuff like that and every single month I just whenever it went to boots i just pick up a couple of baby wipes I'd pick up a pack of nappies or whatever and um, so that every single month you kind of build that up rather than just doing one big splurge mm. And it spreads the cost out then over over the nine months. So that really helped. Well yeah, I just think there's no harm in starting it. We just build up every single month and just get a few bits that that you need and by the nine months you should be really prepared.
1: Definitely, definitely. So talking about the kind of midwife relationship that you have, how early on did you meet your midwife? How much contact did you have with her? I'm saying her, but there's obviously male midwives as well. But yeah. how soon did you kind of build that relationship and how much did you rely on them or did was it through your own research that you found out a lot?
0: Yeah, so I was really lucky we used a service that was kind of like an NHS um, it was like a branch of the NHS, so it was free, and it was called one-to-one midwives, and because I was planning home birth, so they, basically what they did was they specialised in home birth, so they came to me for all of my midwife appointments, which was great because I didn't have to travel for them And I was pregnant, and I think I probably saw them, you don't really see them too much until... The last couple of weeks of your pregnancy where they start coming every week because you know obviously from 37 weeks you can kind of you can go into labor at any time so up until then I think that it was probably every couple of weeks or so maybe mm-hmm. once a month that we saw them mine were lovely really really supportive like I said came to me house me to bring the heartbeat monitor which was lovely Um, and you only have scans on your 12 weeks and 20 weeks which were just the best things ever but I do think everyone should have more scans because I think that it's so exciting just seeing your baby and to think that you can go from 20 weeks to possibly 40 weeks not seeing your baby yeah I think that everyone should have more scans but yeah I had a really really lovely relationship with my midwives I could ask them anything free of judgment they were really really supportive I did have like half a home birth I used to I had a 48 hour labour I started Yeah, I started at home in the birthing pool. I was at home in the birthing pool for about 40 hours. um, Wow. And he was just, yeah, he was just stuck. It was really intense. So I ended up going to hospital after about 40 hours and I had an epidural, which was the best thing ever. Um, So I ended up giving birth in hospital. But that 40 hours that I was at home, it was just really, really painful, obviously, but so lovely to have them there. And they were playing relaxing music for me and all of that. And then when I went to the hospital to have my epidural... Um, Like the women's, and they were just incredible. They were just so supportive. And I think midwives have really got that great balance of being like a little bit tough love and being like, right, this is what you need to do. This is what we're going to do. You need to get there. And I'm just like, okay, I can do this. And also, really, really soft with you, obviously. And and they're like, yeah, and they they shake your face and they're really, really supportive. So I think they are incredible. I think it's an incredible thing that we do. And I felt
1: really supportive, definitely. It's it's just an amazing profession, isn't it? Bringing new life into the world. Yeah. It's amazing. So with the birth, tell us a little bit more about it. Because I hear, like, I see loads of stuff. There's more people who are talking more openly about the whole birth experience. Yeah. And, like, you know, what, whilst it's all, like, sunshine and roses and you've brought this new wonderful life into the world, is also a crazy, crazy, crazy experience. And so, are you like, do you feel comfortable? telling us a little bit more about, like, your course, birthing yeah. experience. Yeah.
0: I think when I was pregnant, um, people used to ask me a lot if I was scared about the birth. Mm. And I was like, do you know what? I'm genuinely not, because I think that you just have it in your head that you're just like, it's something that I need to do. Like it's too late now. I'm pregnant. This Mm. baby needs to come out. You know you've got no choice, like you have to do it. But I think it just wasn't something that I worried about because I just thought, either way, the baby's gonna, you know, get here safe and and it's something that I have to do. So it just got my head around that really early on. I wasn't worried about that. I was more worried about raising a child afterwards because that thought kind of terrified me that I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah, I spoke to my husband pretty early on and I really wanted to home there. He was a bit on the fence about it, but I was really, really passionate about, um, you know, doing hypnobirthing, which is basically a lot of you know deep breathing a lot of relaxation really just trying to relax as much as possible to have a really positive experience so really wants to do that so wants to home it so eventually he was like yeah okay you know it sounds lovely we'll do it so yeah i went into, into labor at one o'clock on my due date and my from the minute that i went into labor my contractions were every three minutes so it was really really intense because he was back to back um so he was like pushing on me and, and it was really intense. So the midwives came around, got the and pool out. And it was all really lovely. I was in a lot of pain because like I said, it was every three minutes and I only had gas and air because that's all we can give you at home. Um, but I did me candles I me music and <laughs> me um, my husband was there. So I was trying to make it as relaxing as possible. I mean, the reality is that I was walking around the house naked and moving like a cow. I had to apologize to the neighbors afterwards because they were like, "Yeah, what was going on?" And <gasps> I was like, "I was in labor for 40 hours at home, just like walking around the house." It was really intense, but I do really cherish cherish those moments in the pool where I did feel relaxed when I was in the pool. It was amazing, but yeah, it, it just kind of wasn't happening. That went on for 40 hours, and it um, it just got to a point where I was like, "I can't do this anymore. I'm absolutely exhausted." I, I need something else, you know, kind of I remember I kept saying to my mum, because my was very tough up, she was there with me. Um and I remember saying to her, I'm so sorry, Mum. I really wanted to do it this way. I'm so sorry that I'm not going to the hospital. And she was like, it's fine, we just need to do what we need to do. Let's get her to the hospital and get the baby out. So I went to the hospital, we gave me an epidural, which just was incredible because I could just sleep for a couple of hours then. Mm. Um that I had pain relief because all I had was gas and air. I was literally on gas and air in the pool and then throwing up in a bucket because it makes you really sick, it makes you really nauseous. So the epidural was lovely and then he got stuck on his way out. Kind of everything that went wrong, went wrong. He got stuck on his way out and I had to get cut. Yeah, I had a, I can't remember what it's called, pediotomy, I had to get cut. And then they got on out and we didn't know what we'd have and so when I look back on my labour now, all I remember is them like, Bringing him towards me and putting him on my chest, and I just saw a Willy. And I was just like, <laughs> it's, a it's a boy! Because I was convinced he was a girl. But yeah, that's what I always say to people when I tell them there you go, oh my God, that sounds horrendous. And I'm like,
1: But yeah. you're talking about it with the biggest smile on your face. That doesn't sound, it doesn't sound horrendous to me because you honestly are talking about it like it was you know well it probably was one of the greatest yeah. d- days of your life so yeah. you know like i
0: even- mean you just you just feel superhuman as well once yeah. you once the baby's here you just look back on that time you think did i really do that did i really not sleep for 40 hours because i was in pain every three minutes it is absolutely incredible what we can do and yeah it just felt amazing and you know when people ask me about my birth now as, as tough as it was i would do it again tomorrow And, you know, also the one image I have in my my mind when they ask me about it isn't the pain, it's them putting them on my chest and just being like, okay, relief, it's done, he's here. Um, So, yeah, I just have, that's like my most positive memory from it. That's all I remember, really. Everything else is kind of a blur. Are you going to follow
1: in your mum's footsteps and have seven?
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) The funny thing is I actually always wanted to. And then I've done it once. And it's <laughs> not even the birth, it's the raising the child that is is kind of like, wow, this is intense. This is really difficult. So, yeah, I I, I have a newfound respect for me mum because I'm just like, how he did this seven times is just beyond me. She's absolutely incredible. But no, I, I don't think I'm cut out for, for seven times.
1: <laughs> so how did your husband kind of cope with, well, obviously, once, once Jacob was in the world and how he supported you and stuff like that? How did you kind of manage the first few weeks together like did he get stuck in and like help out loads
0: yeah i mean he was brilliant but i was breastfeeding so i breastfed for eight months till jacob was about eight months and i think it's really difficult when you're breastfeeding because you know a lot of the responsibility was on me i did pump and do bottles and stuff for him so i tried to pump and do a bottle so that he could bond with him and do one bottle a day and yeah. he's him a bottle of my express milk so that was really nice for them and you know, he was really, and still is really, really hands-on. He's brilliant. Uh, we've just spent 14 weeks together because he got payloads, which was amazing because mm. he's never had that time with us. So I think it's really great, but I am always really open and honest to say that, you know, a mum's experience of parenting and a dad's experience of parenting is very, very different, yeah. especially if you are a stay-at-home mum or you're at home for quite a while with the baby. Mm-hmm. Communication is really difficult because you are both on this journey together but you're both experiencing it in very different ways and trying to get the other one to understand your um, experience of it is really really difficult and obviously you're so tired as well you know you're both exhausted and David was working so it was kind of like that he'd come home from work and I'd be so exhausted and I just want to hand the baby over to him but at the same time he has been in work all day and he was just a bit like, I just want to sit down for five minutes with a cup of tea, and I was like, "Well, I've been like I've been doing work as well, and blah blah blah." So all of that is is a lot to navigate.
1: For do you, mean you need to, to communicate with each other and try and be like as open and as honest about how you're feeling? So yeah. yeah,
0: I think you've just got to understand that they are, even though it's a different experience to yours, they're still going through a very new experience, and they don't really know what you're going through, and you really do need to talk them through it and think that. um yeah, communication is is just key and being really open and honest about how
1: you're feeling. Yeah, definitely. So I know we've chatted quite, we've threaded quite a lot of mindset kind of through that already, but that was kind of your kind of practical experience of going from pregnancy right through to birth to having, you know, your one-year-old. Do you think that like, in terms of like mindset, do you think your view on what's important changes when you have a baby? Yeah,
0: a hundred percent. And I think I'm always quite mindful of saying this because I know, you know, I'd never want people without babies to think that their life doesn't have a purpose or anything like that. But obviously I can only speak from my experience. And um, yeah, it just puts everything into perspective. I, it's a lot easier now for me to be grateful every single day because I can just focus on, you know, what I've got with Jacob and when I'm having a bad day or when things are kind of spiral and I am able to stop myself and just say, okay, Jacob's fine, he's happy and he's healthy. I'm happy and healthy, that is all that matters when you take it down to basics, that is all that matters and I think it is really, you know, a really eye-opening, incredible thing to, to kind of start thinking that way when you're a mum because we can get so caught up in the little things in life, can't we? All these little worries, that, the daily stresses and yeah, I just think it does put everything into perspective um, in terms of, you know, everything that you see in the world, now you relate that. To, to your child or to being a mom you know things that go on in the world in terms of on the news and stuff like that you can think okay how is this going to affect Jacob how is it going to affect the way I raise Jacob um so yeah it definitely changes the way you see the world and put everything
1: yeah I can imagine I think obviously you know your priorities change don't they and you kind of start yeah. thinking about that before you think about anything else and so <laughs> do you think in that respect like how do you make sure that you keep your own identity because obviously your child becomes so important and you're the Mm. main focus of everything that you do. But like, how do you have a balance between mum life and and your own life as well?
0: Yeah. I think that is the hardest thing for me um, when I became mum because I am really pretty independent. And, you know, even in my relationship with my husband, we're really good. He's always done shift work and stuff. So we've always been really good at having our own space and having our own time and obviously you then become a mom, and none of your time is your own. You have this really small window a day where they're asleep, where, you know, that's, that's your time. So it's really learning how to use that time effectively and getting your priorities straight of of what you need to do to, to make, make yourself feel good in that small amount of time that you've got. Um, In terms of identity, this is a lot of the stuff that I do with my clients is around this new identity as a mom. You know, I always say, your soul is still the same. Like, inside you are still the same person. It's just that I think it's incredible that motherhood gives us this opportunity to completely transform. It's like a rebirth. You say that when, you know, a mother gives birth, she also, you know, is is giving birth to this new form of itself because that's exactly what it is. And it's exciting to think that, we have this, you know, this new identity that we've got. And we can really use that in a really powerful and positive way. I think that the main key to using it in that way is honestly, just getting to know yourself again. And it sounds so simple, but if you were to sit down, you know, I say to clients, if you were to sit down with a journal or um, anything that, that you think is, is helpful for writing down and I said to you, you know, okay, what do you like? What makes you feel happy? What do you do for yourself? How do you feel right now? What does your body need? You know, really basic, simple questions, but a lot of moms struggle with that because they are so caught up in, obviously, you know, looking after the baby and things like that, which obviously is is what they should be doing. But, you know, you also need to check in with yourself and know that you are doing, you know, things for you that that make you feel good and, and are keeping you on the right path. So getting to know yourself and this new identity It's really, really key. So I do that through meditation and journaling. It's just absolutely key for me. I always say to to my clients, you know, I'm never going to ask you to do an hour meditation because you have not got an hour. I know that. But five minutes in the morning, once you put them down for their morning nap or once you get up before they get up from bed. Yeah, just give yourself five minutes. Just scribble down your thoughts in your journal. Sit there in silence with a coffee for five minutes listen to, to some that, like some music for five minutes, just take a break because we do not get that chance during our day a lot of the time when my mom's So I think checking in with yourself and getting to know this new version of yourself and what you want now as a mum is really, really key to, to being happy in your new identity.
1: Definitely. And I think the advice that you give there is 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 so good and practical that you can really put it into action. But what do you do if someone gives you advice or is trying to give you advice You don't necessarily want or need, like, how do you go about saying thanks? But yeah, thanks for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think you've just got to be. I mean, you can take it two ways you can either just be like, Yeah, smile and nod, thank you, that you know, that's really helpful, and then choose not to apply it to your own life. We are all completely different in the way that we, you know, mother and the way that we raise our children. We are so different. Our children are also different. You will never get one child that is exactly the same. So I think that it is okay for moms to say to someone who's give them a question. you know, that's re- I'm really happy that that works for you. And I'm really, you know, that's great. But... I don't think that is suitable for Jacob, I don't think that would work for us as a family because of this, this and this. I think you get more confident in in using your voice when you become a woman you get more confident in your abilities and I think that it's easier to have those conversations because you're just like, yeah, you're more sure of yourself, you know that you know what's best for your family and I think you need to remember that when people are giving you that advice and stuff because... You know you you do you know what's best for your family your motherly instinct and your intuition is such a strong strong powerful tool that we use every single day again meditation is so important for me for that aspect because if I don't meditate I can't listen to that inner voice inside of me that is not only guiding me on my path but it's guiding me in, in Jacob's path as well and telling me what to do that is for the best for him so I think Really just being confident in saying, that's great that it worked for you. I don't think that was work for us, but thank you anyway.
1: Yeah, I think it's just about being polite, isn't it? And I think most of the time people, they they are doing it through a love and and a want to help. And they think they're being useful, even if it's not actually that useful to you. So I think it's just appreciating that, you know, they're trying their best to help, even if it's not that helpful to you. Talk about this kind of intuition and this kind of change in mindset and stuff like that. But it can be difficult for friends on the outside to understand what you're going through as well as you talked about the communication with you and your partner. But it's difficult from a friend perspective who don't have children who haven't been through that to kind of really understand what their friend is going through. Have you had challenges with like, you know, maybe losing friends or losing touch and, and or have you had a great experience and can you give us some advice on how you handled that?
0: I've been very fortunate to my like small close group of friends and um, we all went to high school together so we're all really, really close there's two of us that have got kids in the group um, and about six so we're kind of the minority in that sense but my friends had kids before me so I feel like in a lot of ways she kind of paved that path for me to kind of know what I was doing and how to navigate things and it's funny because when I had Jacob she opened up to me a lot about how she was feeling when she had her first child and I was just so shocked and i was just like why why did you not come to me and why did you not speak to me about any of these things at the time and she was just like because you wouldn't have understood because you you weren't a mom and she was like and i you know i was totally okay with that but you know you just wouldn't have understood where i was coming from and i think now that i am a mom i understand that those those conversations are very difficult sometimes and people aren't always going to understand that i think that again it's just being really respectful of each other you know I've got single friends and if they would rather go on a night out than go to a baby shower or whatever that's what is their priority and I think that it's being respectful of that in the same way that if I don't want to go on a night out because I don't want to leave Jacob for a night or whatever if they're respectful and understanding of that they don't have to know how I feel they don't have to understand how I feel they're probably not going to be able to because they haven't got kids I think as long as they're respectful about that and you, again, have that communication and you're open and honest and you just say, you know, this is why and they don't really question you on that because, you, again, you know best. And yeah, I think just being respectful, but I've had um, a really, really positive experience. I you would start on the Instagram as well. I've met so many incredible mums and I think sometimes the mum community gets a bit of a bad rep because people talk about, like, judgmental mums and you know, bitchiness at the school gates and stuff like that, and of course that exists within, you know, any type of global of society, doesn't it, but I've had a really, really positive experience, you know, whenever I'm open and honest on Instagram, the amount of comments and messages I get from other ones who are just like, I've been through that, you know, you're not alone, Hang in there, blah, 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 just being really supportive is amazing, but yeah, I think that it's really important to find that balance of having friends that understand you and on that respect in terms of more friends and knowing where to find like baby groups and stuff like that are really really amazing social media and you know all the friends we've got friends but uh, there's no reason to lose friendships over it I don't mm-hmm. think I think that you've just got to accept that there's going to be things that you can't do or that yeah. you don't want to do that they might want to do and you know sometimes you might feel a little bit left out but in, in the same respect you just kind of got to bring it into perspective and say this is my priority you know Jacob is my priority and I chose this life and I'm okay with that and just being okay with it and and yeah just being respectful of each other's priorities really. Definitely. I think, you know, from a pers- from a perspective
1: of peop- someone who has friends who have children or mm. are currently expecting, it's really good to get that advice that, you know, just respect that, you know, they might want to do some things and might not and, and, and just mm-hmm. go along with that and be grateful for, you know, how much they, they can do with you and, and, and yeah. go that extra mile, I think, as well. And, you know, if they mm-hmm. don't feel comfortable going too far away from where they live, go to them and that sort of thing. And yeah. I think, you know... As a a friend, being understanding of what someone is going through because it is such a huge change is is Mm -hmm. so, so important. So definitely... I wanted to kind of ask you a few kind of questions about your 20s in, in general sort of thing. Oh, so yeah. So you are 29 now, did you say? Yes, I'm on the other end of the 20s. <laughs> you found out you were, you were expecting when you were 27 and you had Jacob when you were 28. So, yes. I mean, you kind of, you said before we started recording this podcast, you said the person you were when you were 20 is entirely different to the person you are now. Mm-hmm. So I wondered if within that kind of experience, and it could be like a funny adulting or, or parenting experience, but have you got, have you had any absolute disasters? Or like, oh my God, I can't believe that that actually
0: happened. I think honestly, most of them probably involve being drunk, um, <laughs> which, which doesn't happen that often anymore because I'm responsible for a child. But, um, but yeah, I think early twenties was just like, I used to work in like the city centre in my early twenties. And it was just like Friday night after, you know, after where he'd just be going for drinks every single, you know, Friday and stuff and yeah, just really getting like ridiculously drunk. But I'm so glad that I did all all of that as well, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a lot of of really sad times for me in my early 20s. I suffered quite badly with anxiety and um, body image issues as well. So... I think that, you know, obviously that is kind of a, a big part of my early 20s and it's so different for me now and it's lovely that I've kind of grown from that. But yeah, you know, all of those, those bad nights out and stuff like that, I still look at them and just with so many fond memories and just think, oh. Yeah, I think sometimes yeah. your biggest mistakes are
1: like your fondest memories, you know. hundred percent, yeah. Because I posted
0: you're... about that on Instagram the other day because I was just like, all of these mistakes and stuff that we look back on, that we've made you know they just they've just helped me become a better person and they're just things that I learn from I know what I can of can't drink now I can't drink <laughs> no a second which is you know very sad but I do, it does make me very sick so yeah you just learn and you just grow and I think it'll be really interesting for me obviously I turn 30 next year and I think it'll just be really interesting for me to look back on the whole of my 20s and reflect and just be like wow I started my 20s as You know, someone who was kind of really, yeah, like really insecure and anxious, and didn't know what she was doing with her life, and had really bad body image issues. And you know, I'll be finishing my mid twenties as a mom and a wife with you know her own house, and yeah, it's lovely to think that you can get through those times, and and it all just makes you who you are, doesn't it? And it's just kind of it's stories to tell and stuff like that so I'm really sure Jacob will all love hearing about all your drunken no, stories no, when no, he's no. older <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely so like you mentioned obviously you, you you struggled a little bit in your early 20s but is there anything that holds you back is holding you back at the moment like something you're trying to work on improving at the minute that you think you know you want to improve on maybe before you turn 30
0: yeah I think always like as women confidence is always going to be a huge thing i mean i see it in pretty much every single client that i have it always comes back down to confidence because it it really has this knock-on effect on every single aspect of your life and you know as a mom you're making really life-changing decisions on a daily basis sometimes for you know this little person and that relies on you and a lot you know that can cause you to to be really lacking in confidence because you do question yourself and think am i doing the right thing how am i meant to know if i'm doing the right thing am i a good enough mom so i think confidence is always something that i'm working on obviously i have launched my own like coaching business now which was a really big thing because i do have jacob and it's it's scary and it's it's really you know it's fearful sometimes to kind of do something like that and take such a big risk when you've still got this this big responsibility which is which is a baby but I think just feeling confident in, in my coaching and my business and, feeling you know, the confident online as well. Social media is, is a really amazing thing that, that I use and the platform that's really helped me. But I think that it can be one of those things that knocks our confidence sometimes, doesn't it? Or, yeah, so I think confidence definitely on a daily basis, I'm constantly trying to feel more confident in myself definitely and I think um we're
1: actually I'm actually doing an episode in in a couple of weeks time on confidence and how you can kind of grow that um and nurture that because it is one of those things I think when we walk into our 20s quite often we're not so sure of ourselves and it takes a little while to figure out and kind of build momentum and 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 have confidence but you're right it is threaded throughout everything you do you know if you want to succeed in in a career it's all about confidence if you want to you know make a decision about I don't know buying a house or something like that you need to have confidence in yourself that you can pay those bills so it comes with a lot of things and I think you're so right nurturing that and building that is is so so important in this decade so a hundred percent so obviously you are super inspirational yourself and you you talk and you coach other people but you must have found your inspiration from somewhere so what kind of places do you look for inspiration and and
0: how do you get that throughout your day I think generally when I became more I became much more of a girl's girl not that I've never not been you know supportive of women and stuff like that but I think you kind of go through that like bitchiness of high school and you know we're kind of taught aren't we that women are our competition and things like that and I think I experienced a lot of that in my earlier years so I think maybe that was a, a little bit of, of something that carries with me so I think and then I came up in, I become a Mormon. it's like this just collective, like, really supportive club that club that you become a part of and not just that you know you just become generally so in awe of other women I just I'm so much more of a feminist now because I'm just like we are incredible whether you're a mum or not I just think that we overcome so many obstacles on a daily basis and I think that women generally really inspire me and I think that I've really taken the time to get to know the women in my life and really understand what they're about and things like that. So I think, people, you know, women in my life, my family, my friends, they all inspire me, like, daily, on a daily basis. I also love Pinterest for for inspiration, and I'm just kind of like, I really love anyone who's just really raw and honest on social media, of, of people like the Birds Papaya on Instagram that are just really, really honest about their bodies, honest about motherhood and how they feel. I think that that is so important, especially as a new mum, when you've got this new body and this... know this new identity and you feel so lost sometimes you just kind of don't know who you are so to see people talking so openly and honestly about their experiences online i think is really amazing i am really careful about who i follow on social media because you know people that through no fault of their own you know everyone has got their own (laughs) stuff going on and they've got their own and what they want to portray on, on social media and stuff but i can't follow anyone that is kind of heavily edited and photoshopped and things Mm. think it's not good for my mental health so i kind of go through every single weekend and and make sure that i don't follow anyone that doesn't make me feel good but yeah just women who are really empowered and confident and honest and just really authentic and stick up for other women and support other women they're the type of women that really inspire me every single day definitely and I think you
1: are one of those people yourself and I think oh, you know you. you definitely are because I think it, you're honest and open about this experience and it's not always easy becoming a mum but I think you've come out of it and you're able to share your experiences like you have today on the podcast and it's mm-hmm. going to help other people and inspire other people who maybe are feeling a little bit scared maybe don't know where to start on their you know mm-hmm. journey of being becoming a mum so I, thank you so much for your time today I just wanted to end on one question which I think you know mm-hmm. is there is is an important one and one that you know as you head into 30 you'll probably be thinking about a lot but what one piece of advice
0: would you give to your 20 year old self oh god there's so many do you know what i would probably say you are more than what you look like is probably what i'd say to my 20 year old self i felt like my teenage years and early 20s i spent so much time worrying about what i look like i placed so much value on what i look like and um, because I felt like other people did that, you know, I felt that other people judged me instantly on what I look like, or yeah, I just really placed value on what I look like. And I think that I would just go back and just be like, You are smart and you are confident and you are kind and you are so much more than what you look like. And you can do really incredible things if you just kind of stop worrying about what you look like and really nurture that other side to you and really develop those skills. and things that are going to take you further in life than than what you look like I think that's Definitely what I'd say to them. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Sophie. Honestly. Oh, thank it's been you for having me
1: Amazing too. to chat to you. I mean, when I, you know, get to the stage where I'm thinking about having kids, I'm gonna to re-listen to this podcast because it's been so helpful to kind of oh. understand. And even for someone whose friends are going through it, like I have such a greater understanding of the experience as a result of chatting with you. So thank you oh. so much. And you know, if you've been in, like inspired by this episode and Sophie has helped you in some way, please share that you've listened, tag us on social media you can find sophie at mummy mindset coach and have a little look into her one-to-one coaching as well if you are currently going through parenthood um, and all the trials and tribulations of that so thank you sophie and i really really appreciate your time it's been amazing to chat to you if you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast please let us know by sharing a picture on social media and tagging us too we are at talk 20s on instagram facebook twitter and pinterest we can't wait to hear from you